right, Bethany Church, I'm preaching this morning. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My husband doesn't want him for a job, amen. <laughs> I'm here to remind you, all you beautiful ladies, that you are invited on Tuesday evening, amen, sisters, okay? It's 6.30 p.m. Come on. It's going to be a great time. You know, the Lord gave me a couple years ago a vision for Amen Sisters. For Psalm 46, verse 5 says that God is within you and you shall not fail. Amen. I'm excited to sow the word into you because I want to see you bear fruit, to increase fruit in your lives. Amen. Because we're all called to flourish. Amen. So come on out, Amen Sisters, Tuesday evening at Mike and Melanie's house. They got a beautiful home. I'm looking forward to seeing you. We do have sign-up sheets in the back in the foyer, so I'd love to see you there. Amen. Amen. Don't know I have the best pastor's wife in the world. Good job, Elizabeth. Yeah. I searched the world far and wide. found a Canadian. All right. Uh, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and you can find that in your Bibles, but I want to just take a few moments before I get into the message and God's really put something in my spirit and just kind of give you an up-to-date on a couple things. I want to just give a shout-out last Sunday. Man, we had Pastor David, Pastor Daniel, Brother Adam just gave a great time together. And thoughts about where the, word was, had, where the Lord had us you know, going in the next year, I was really blessed by that. We had prayer and fasting take place this last week. And I don't know why, but I'm always in the happiest mood after a fast. I, I mean... <laughs> I had a great time. I really felt like the Lord is going to take rough things that are in our pathway for this year and make them smooth. And so it was a great time to just seek his face. I'm grateful for how many of y'all came out and fasted and prayed with us, man. I mean, I had a great showing up for people. You know, you can tell when people show up and pray and fast if it's for real. So proud of you for coming out. Um, and then uh, I have a couple really interesting things that just kind of came together at the first part of the year. So I was... Uh, contacted by uh, a guy named Tony Perkins, the Family Research Council. You might see him on the news. And they have a cohort for pastors, uh, and it's going to be in Washington, D.C. They're trying to get two pastors from every state, and uh, someone nominated me to go, so I'm going to be out there in D.C. We're going to be influencing the politicians. Do you believe politicians need to be influenced? <laughs> I know, that's how I feel about it, too, but. So, you know, that'll be in the middle of February, the middle, or first of February in the middle of the week. I'm looking forward to being out there. Um, also, right around this time, I mean, everything just came together. I did get the invitation from my friend Chris Michelson to join him in Pakistan. You know, we've been pressing the PAC 100 initiative that I started maybe two and a half, three years ago. And our goal was to save $100,000 for a crusade. Uh, so, you know, just to be honest, we got 40 grand that we're going to be donating, and that's taken us from you saving, from you contributing, us saving, and we felt like the time was now, the urgency was there, so these crusades he's doing, this is probably going to be the biggest crusade he's ever done in Karachi, we'll have to have uh, a, a letter from the government uh, for us to come, uh, he's expecting between three and 500,000 people to be at that event, and you know, our church is the first one to donate towards it that will actually get the campaign kicked off. So these are enormous crusades. Pakistan is one of the countries in the world where you can go right now. It's going to be absolutely incredible. I am fired up to go on that. So you can keep contributing. He said that he needs uh, about a quarter million dollars to be fundraised. So he's going. The doors are open. It's a remarkable time to be in the world. I'm looking forward to that. And then right after that, my friend Dick DeWert from Lethbridge, Canada, you, he invited us. Uh, he invited Elizabeth and I to come up there. So I'll be in Canada right after that. And you know, it's a, it's a funny thing to me. I, I will actually have preached more out of the country than in the country. 
in Nepal, India, and, and Pakistan, and now we're going to Canada. I mean, it's just really an interesting thing. So that first part of the year, so many things going on for us. I'm looking forward to it. But how many believe God's doing great things in the world today, man? Amen. Amen. I, I'm just excited about it. So I'm in uh, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I, I'm in a new series for a new year. And this series is called Fiat Lux. That, that is a Latin phrase I got from the book of Genesis, which is the phrase when God said, let there be light. It's sort of like a burst of inspiration that you get. So when I was praying here in December, the Lord spoke to me that this would be a year that was going to require great wisdom. You know, you need the wisdom of God in your life. And where we are in the world right now, you need all the wisdom you can get. And I, I just see it like, uh, like in the world. And I ask for wisdom all the time. So uh, it's something that I, I, I really pray about, seek God for. And in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, there's a great passage here about it. I want to read the 18th verse, 1 Corinthians 1.18. He said, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. He said, for it's written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring the understanding of the prudent to nothing. Look at verse 24. He said, but those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, because the foolishness of this world is wiser than men, the weakness of God is stronger than men. Let's pray. Father, today I just I thank you so much, Lord, for your hand upon us. I pray, God, for this burst of light and inspiration to be here. Flood it. Give us more wisdom than we've ever had. I pray, Lord, in the next weeks ahead, Lord, you're going to just take difficult things that are in our way, and you're going to make them smooth. You're going to take away adversity from the enemy. You're going you're to show us strategies. You're going to give us insight. We just thank you today as we hear the word of God. We're going to grow in that. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. amen. All right. So, it is decent January weather. Can I get a witness about that? I can live in Montana if the weather is like this in January. But I will be honest, January and February are still my least favorite months of the year. All right. So once we get to spring forward, it's like downhill. And, and it reminds me of summer when I, get, I start thinking about summer. And I want to go camping again. I mean, I get, I get fired up about warm weather. Uh, it did remind me about one of the ill-fated camping trips I had one time with Elizabeth a couple years ago. We were going to go to the Palisades Campground in Red Lodge. Elizabeth asked me, she said, uh, did, you, did you look at this campground ahead of time? Did you study it out? And I was like, no, nah, it's fine. We, you know, we'll get there. And you ever been to Palisades Campground? It's a campground for tents. I had a camper. And I got there. There was nowhere to turn around. I had to go down. It's kind of steep around through trees, a small trail, and then back up with my camper. So, I mean, I didn't know how bad it would be. You remember that, Elizabeth? We're down there. I'm going down. Elizabeth gets nervous. It's no fun to be stressed and have a nervous wife. I'm coming back up the hill, and I took the corner too tight. The, the camper got high-centered on a rock. I mean, I'm trying to figure out what to do, and I had Fiat Lux, a burst of inspiration. Back it up slowly, a little wider, and put the Suburban in four-wheel drive because I was losing traction. I was spinning rocks up everywhere. Well, we got up that hill, and that just re reiterated to me that I should listen to my wife more often. <laughs> but God gave me the wisdom to get out of that mess. You believe God will give you wisdom to get out of messes? <laughs> I can assure you this year there's going to be some messes 
that end up in your path, and you're going to need a little burst of you know, wisdom to know what to do. Now, it says in the 18th verse, that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us, who's that? That's you and me up here in this church house, who are being saved. It is the power of God. I like this verse. Here's what I would just say about wisdom. here: Wisdom is the ability uh, to make good decisions based on the things that you have learned, based on life experiences, based on your experiences. We could say, with God. That's what wisdom is. It's, it's your ability to make those good decisions on the things that you have learned in life. Wisdom is the way that you apply knowledge. Like, how do you make it work? When, when you, you don't know what to do, wisdom is how it works for you. And the Bible says it's crucial. Proverbs 1.7. In all you're getting, get wisdom. It's the principal thing. Wisdom matters so much in life. And the verse here is so interesting to me. He, he said, to those of us who are being saved. Now, on one hand, you have been saved, and it's a finished work of the cross, and he ain't going to add anything to it. It's perfectly perfect and totally complete. On the other hand, you're in this process of salvation. It, it's called sanctification. And what God is doing is he's cutting off little branches in your life that are hindering you and holding you back. It's little sin things that he's, he's perfecting you. He's working on you. And for God to do that, every now and again, it's going to require, require a little confrontation. It's going to require that you maybe have some failures, that there's maybe tests you go through, difficult things that you have to work out. But you know, that is how experience is gained, isn't it? I mean, it's gained through failures. It's gained through, you know, some of the trials you go through. And, you know, you got to learn from your mistakes because you won't have enough time in life to make all of them. So, you know, these things happen in life. You're in this process where God is ever working. And when he said that we're being saved, here's what I've learned about God, that he will take you by the hand, and I've learned from him something. I've learned that he's faithful. That's what we sang about this morning. I mean, he knows how to provide. He knows how to come through. He will take care of you when you are down and don't know what, don't have an answer. He, he's faithful. I've learned that he's good all the time, man. He cares about you. He loves you. That's a wonderful thing. He loves you enough to help you. He'll give you ideas and wisdom. And so in this whole series, I intend to just teach you the ways that God will help you. I mean, he'll help you with the problems of life, money problems, people problems, problem-solving skills. He is a God who will give you the wisdom to help you in this process of salvation as you're being saved, as you're drawn near, as you're walking with him, as you're growing in the things of God, he will help you by giving you wisdom. Now, I'm going to be in chapter 2, and what the Lord highlighted for me was just what I'm going to call some of the ways of God's wisdom, how his wisdom works in your life. And I want to start here in the sixth verse of chapter 2. Look what he said. He said, however, we we speak among those who are mature. Somebody say mature. mature. We speak among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. And the first thing that I want to highlight about wisdom, what you got to know about wisdom, is that wisdom is for mature people. Wisdom is a mark of maturity. That's why he said we speak it among the mature. It's the Greek word teleos, where we get the idea of a full-grown man, someone who's arrived of stature, and it has to do with this growth and development. You know, the Bible says that mature people 
have a mind that is humble. It tells us that mature people uh, have exercised their spirits to discern between good and evil and right from wrong. Maturity is, in short, (laughs) like we got a lot of people in 2023 that lack maturity. Have you been out to the world lately and met people? I mean, I'm pretty amazed by that. Here's what I've discovered about maturity. Maturity uh, really is your ability. It, it's, it's the way that you can handle maybe a criticism, a correction, a rebuke, a mistake, a failure that you might have in life. I find mature people glean from those things. And the Bible says that immature people, what it calls them are foolish people, are not teachable, not correctable. And listen, I, I've even seen this in, in church circles with pastors. On a little side note, what I discovered is, is if you're in, say, a position of leadership or authority and you don't have the ability to handle correction, if you're not someone who's self-reflective and can't learn from a mistake, people like that, if they can't hear correction, they almost end up becoming abusive. Right. You know, there, there was a king, First Chronicles chapter 30, 2 Chronicles 30, King Asa, when he would not listen to the prophet rebuke him, it says he began to harass and oppress some of the people. And I have seen that now. People who are foolish, when they don't heed correction, they end up becoming some of the biggest problem people you ever met. And that is evidence of immaturity. And in life, maturity is such an important skill for you to have. I mean, you got to have maturity if you're going to succeed or thrive at all in life. And, you know, I've often wondered... Why it is that sometimes people struggle with things in life? I mean, I've met people who have had financial problems ever since I met him. I had a guy one time, and when he was in his 20s, he was always complaining about finances. And now that he's moved away and he's 45, he's still complaining about finances. You know how I know that? Because he blasted all over Facebook and social media. I mean, thank God for social media, right? (laughs) I'm like... Man, and what that is, is a lack of wisdom on things, all right? A lot of the the struggles people have come because they don't have the maturity to make corrections in life. I I had one friend, and every time he'd call, I know where it was going. It was a problem in his marriage, every single time. And and it was like, man, that that is evidence of someone who's not maturing, not growing. There's no wisdom in that situation. You're going to have to grow through things, find answers. Now, I've seen people wonder why they can't keep jobs, get fired, don't understand why things go difficult for them, and, and, and people get A lot of times, it's just a lack of wisdom. And, you know, we're living in a time now where it's like, young, the younger you get, the less wisdom there appears to be. That's why they say, that's the real reason 30 is the new 20, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because there's so much immaturity in the world right now. Yeah. I, the verse is very interesting. He said, we speak the wisdom of God among those who are mature. You know, you need maturity for the world that we're living in right now. Scripture says that all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, is not of the Father, it's of the wicked one. And I'm telling you, you need wisdom to handle what the world will throw at you. I mean, there's such a pressure in, in people to succeed, they end up becoming workaholics. There's such pressure to perform in certain situations. They, they don't have the ability to balance things. And, you know, I, and I love learning from people. We, we just had something called Senior Connect, and it was you know, the, senior, the senior group at our church, and, and I loved it. I went back and gleaned from their wisdom. 
and I also glean from their food. <laughs> little potluck back there. You know, let me give you a little wisdom. If you're going to take anyone's potluck, go to the senior citizens group potluck. Because I did went to the youth group potluck on the Friendsgiving, and I ain't gleaning from that place. That was dangerous food back there. <laughs> I know. I, want, I was happy to have, you know, Maya Marcia cooking up some chili and, you know. <laughs> but, you know, I, I really appreciate perspectives that older people have given me. You know, they have all told me, a lot of guys, don't work too hard. I've done it. I was reading about regrets people make in life. It's when they overgive themselves to work. And that's part of the culture here. You got people who will throw themselves into things and misbalance. And I'm grateful for wisdom like that. It's the ability to say no. It's the ability to learn. He also mentioned in this verse about the rulers of the age, which he said are coming to nothing. You know, that is a reference to demonic spirits, as you'll see here in a moment. Here he's talking about the culture, because that's what demons do. They influence the culture. And I'm telling you, you got to have wisdom for the culture we're in, because we are living in a very confused culture. And the Bible says the world is under the sway of the wicked one. I mean, you got people who are so confused today, they don't know if they're boys or girls. And you can't tell me that's not like a demonic thought that people have. It's a crazy time. You got people that are confused about gender and, and morality and they can't handle truth. And I mean, it, it, it's like you could see the spirit of the age, the zeitgeist that work with people. I mean, it, and it, it, it's, it's like you got to have maturity to handle it. You can't get emotional and yell at people. You got to know how to love them and still speak the truth to the culture. That requires wisdom. That requires maturity, compassion, and grace. See, so yeah, that, that's how wisdom is for mature people. How are you going to handle these things? With wisdom, with tact, with love. I mean, and that's what Paul's saying here. I'm, I'm speaking wisdom to mature people. So maturity is this mark of wisdom uh, that lets us grow in the knowledge of God. Now, let, let's look at verse number seven. He's going to say the same thing. He said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which he said God ordained before the ages, before the foundations of the world, for our glory. And then he says, which none of the rulers of this age had known. This is where he's talking about demon spirits. Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But he said, it's written, eyes not seen, nor is it heard, nor have entered the heart of a man. The things God has prepared for those who love him. Here is a second thing I've discovered about God's wisdom. The wisdom of God is mysterious. It's for mature people, but it's also mysterious. And he, he almost defines what that means. He called it the hidden wisdom of God. Secretive, hidden knowledge. I'm not talking like secret societies hidden. I'm talking about the parables of Jesus. Matthew 13, Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 8, Jesus said, to you it's been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He spoke in parables and he, he taught mysteries for them to get a hold of and understand. Secret knowledge, secret things. And so much of the scripture is really secret information that's not perceived by uh, carnal people. It's received by spiritual men and women. It's hidden from carnal people. It, it's hidden from the wise. So that God can speak it to babes. It, it, it's so interesting to me. And these are such incredible verses here. I mean, think about what the verse says here. It tells you that if the devil had have known what he was doing when he crucified Jesus, he would never have done it. God's plan was so secretive, so hidden from the devil 
that, that when he did it, I mean, it backfired immensely on him. It says he stripped him of all his authority. That's God's given you the authority in Jesus' name. Isn't that right? I mean, that's a powerful verse. The devil himself didn't even know what the plan of God fully meant. It's a mysterious thing. It almost seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? To think that God's wisdom is something that's like mysterious or hidden from people. But I, I, I was thinking about this and, and praying about it. Why God's wisdom is mysterious. And it's mysterious because, it, 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 first of all, it cannot be perceived with natural eyes and natural ears. It has to be perceived by spiritual eyes and ears. You, you have to have a heart that's in the right place to see them. It, it's, it's something that God in his infinite wisdom, that's why I read those first verses about the foolishness of God. It, it, it's something he does supernaturally and secretly, and it takes a spiritually minded person to comprehend it and perceive it. God did that. He hid it from people to reveal it to babes, people whose hearts are open. Here's why the wisdom of God is so mysterious. Because it's something that's in your heart. Knowledge is in your head, but wisdom is in your heart. That's where character exists. That's where convictions exist and a conscience, right and wrong. It's, it's, it's in the heart of a man, and that's where wisdom is stored. And the problem we have today in society is we've got a lot of educated people who lack wisdom. It's a difference. The reason why, why the wisdom of God is so mysterious is because it's futuristic. God has prepared them. See, he's already looking ahead with a plan. You know, one of the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is the gift of the word of wisdom. And a lot of times you're tempted to think that the word of wisdom is just, you know, you go out and, and give ideas or solutions to people. Maybe that's part of it. But the, the, the real way that the, the word of wisdom operates is when you see something in the future and then you know what to do about it. That's what happened to, uh, in the Bible. That happened to Joseph when he had the dreams. That's what happened to Daniel when he was in Babylon. He saw something coming in the future and he knew what to do about it. That's the way that gift operates. It's a plan that God has set in motion. And I'm telling you, he has prepared great things for you in the next year. But it's going to take some wisdom to walk it out. It's going to take some wisdom on your behalf to really walk in the plan of God. He's already prepared for it. So it's mysterious because it's, it's futuristic. And you notice what the verse says. He's prepared it for those that love him. I'll tell you why the wisdom of God is such a mystery. Because it's connected to the love of God. And, and the thing about God's love is it's unearned. We love God because he first loved us. Mm. You can't earn it. And you know, that is so hard for people to comprehend and wrap their minds around. They think they have to earn, they work for it. They don't understand the free nature of God's love. He loves you in spite of you. And he'll give you wisdom. And, and so it's one of these things where it's, there's a mystery to it. I mean, how he could love us so much to give us insights, ideas, take care of us, and it flies in the face of a carnal nature, which is always trying to justify and prove itself. It's a, it's a free thing, the wisdom of God. I'll also add this to it. The wisdom of God is simple. It's easy. When he breathes something to you, it makes sense. It's not far out weird. It's not hard to comprehend. I have to laugh at charismatic churches. 
You know, we are a charismatic church, in case you didn't know. Because <laughs> sometimes they think that the weirder it is, the more spiritual it is. I had a guy tell me that one time. He, he was like, the weirder, the better. <laughs> and I, I found the guy laying down in the office with no shoes on. I said, what are you doing? He's like, I'm swimming in the river of God, brother. <laughs> I love the guy, but I thought that was straight. I had to laugh, though, because it's like, you know, the, when God gives you wisdom to deal with solutions and situations, it will make sense to you. It's easy. It's something where it, it's like, man, it lines up. You, it's, it's practical. You can work. It's not going to fail. It works. God's wisdom is, is great that way. And I, that's when I get flashes of insight and wisdom from the Holy Spirit, it's like, man, that's when things line up, make sense so easily. Mm, they come together good. You know, I remember one time I was accused from a lady who was in the ministry. She said, you know, and I was in my 30s, and, um, you know, she was, you know, about 60, and she said, I, I like the church here, but, you know, you're just a shallow preacher. And I, I took it in stride, you know, because I was like, well, first of all, in your 30s, you don't know as much as 60-year-olds, just being honest with you. In fact, the people I like to listen to the most are older people. I have friends of mine, they tell me, I don't listen to anyone that ain't even 50 yet, so... <laughs> I love listening to people with some experience because, you know, you get years and years to marinate in the Word of God. You, you get life experience. There's a depth uh, that I really appreciate from, you know, some of the people that are, have gone down the road of life so far. So I appreciate that. But I was laughing because the woman who told me that, you know, she was believing God for big things, but did go bankrupt and never could really make things work for her life. <laughs> and it's hard to hear people correct you maybe if they're if they can't make it work and have no wisdom themselves. And I've had that. I've had people without you know, wisdom rebuke me, but you know what wise people do? They still heed, rebuke, and listen and glean what they can out of anyway. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so it's a mysterious thing, the wisdom of God. It, it's something hidden, but it, it's also in plain sight. And I just really believe this year the wisdom of God is going to be uh, shown to you. Which brings me to my next point. Eyes not seen, nor have you heard, nor have entered the things of men. But, what's verse 10 say? But God, what's he done? He's revealed. Someone say revealed. revealed. He's revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man, which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. And he said, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, the one that lives inside of us, that we might know the things that have been freely, someone say freely, freely, freely through us by God. Now, a very simple point right here. Wisdom is made known through the Holy Spirit. That's what verse 10 says. He's revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. Revealed. The word means unveiled. Fiat lux. Like, like that burst of a light you get that gives you an aha moment. That's the wisdom of God. And it's actually an interesting Greek word. It's the Greek word apocalypto, which is where you get the word apocalypse from. In fact, that's what the book of Revelation is in the Greek language. It's the unveiling of Jesus. How many of y'all know we're living in these last days when his unveiling is imminent and at hand, he's going to be revealed. That's what God does with his wisdom. He just reveals it to you. Uh, he reveals it through the Holy Spirit. He makes it known. All right, now, I get to get deep with you this morning. I just told you people think you, you can be shallow. Let me get deep. All right. There is a difference 
between hearing the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, your spirit, man, and hearing from your own soul, your own mind, your own will, your own emotions. I'm telling you, this is where the rubber meets the road when it comes to people who really know God and people who don't. Because when you are listening to other voices, the voice of your soul, man, then you'll be led by emotions. And you know emotions are fickle? They go up one day and down the next. That's why some days you skip out of church. And other days you're happy to be here. It's because you're emotional. And this is what happens with people. Their, their emotions will talk to them. They'll tell them all kinds of things. They vacillate back and forth. They, they get sad or upset. Or they might listen to their own will, their own agenda. That's how people make prophecies that don't come to pass. Because what's happening is they, they have agendas, and, and that's what really is guiding them, not the Holy Spirit. Or it could be the wrong voices of people you're close to, which makes you bitter, and you get their attitude. Yeah, and the Bible gives you one clear-cut way if you want to hear from the Lord and get wisdom. And it's in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. I think I have it on the screen. It tells us the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. That's a surgical weapon. And it's the only thing that can pierce between the voice of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and the Holy Spirit speaking to you. It's the Word of God that does it. And that is going to be that, that voice, that, that word you have in your heart when you hear from him. The word of God stored up in somebody is going to be the thing that helps you really hear from heaven. You want to get deep? Get the word of God in your heart. Yeah. Hey, this is my time in the sermon where we give our annual read your Bible daily speech. <laughs> daily Bible reading plans are the most effective way for you to get through this year and stay on course and get wisdom. We just Read your Bible. Right. I'm amazed by people who don't read their Bible. Yeah. Well, if you want to get wisdom, we just read a verse to you that says, if you will have the word of God in your heart, you'll be able to hear from God more clearly. It'll separate those voices, one from the other. Yeah. All it takes is the scriptures in your heart. And if you get them stored up on the inside, of you get all the wisdom you need. Man, I'm amazed by people who nod and say they read the Bible, but along come the book of Leviticus. <laughs> And we have not finished reading the one-year Bible plan. It discerns your thoughts and the intents of your heart. The Word of God helps you do that, man. So we read the verses here. If you want the wisdom of God, He reveals it through His Spirit to you, to your spirit, man. Your spirit. You have a spirit man on the inside of you, spirit, soul, and body. And God has, when you know Him, He redeems that part of you. I mean, that's the part that really communes with Him and hears from Him. So that is the place where He communicates with you at. He communicates to your spirit. How does he do that? Well, I was just telling you, 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 first of all, it's through scriptures. I mean, having the word of God in your heart. It's like when you're reading the Bible and a passage of scripture or a word jumps off the page to you. Oh, and you, and you think, what does that mean? Or you read it and it hits you. That is the voice of the Holy Spirit taking the pages of the Bible and he's illuminating something. He wants to show you something. He, he wants you to grow in that. And he will give you a verse. It happens all the time. Now, not every day. Listen, I've had, you know, some days reading through the Bible where I don't really get anything out. Everybody gets that. But I do have those moments when I'm alone with him and he gives me a verse. Or if I'm dealing with a problem. And I'm praying, I don't know what to do. And out of the blue, I will get a Bible verse I hadn't even been thinking about that comes to my mind. And it, when it's a verse like that, I, I, I'm like, that's the Lord. I'll go look it up. 
I'll pray about it. I'll seek it out. And then you know what I start doing? I start praying it. I start confessing it. I start building it on the inside of me. I'm telling you, that's where power comes from. That's where answers come from. That is how the wisdom of God gets working. And I'm sure grateful for my mom, man. She'll pray for things, and, and, and she'll pray scriptures. She was praying scriptures for me about evil associations in high school. And I went from being very popular to not popular. Because <laughs> the lady knew how to read and pray the Bible. <laughs> so if you want to have God speak to your spirit, man, get in the scriptures, as I was saying. Now, he can also illuminate your mind. This is, you know... When you have a problem, you don't know what to do, and all of a sudden you get a thought that gives you a very simple explanation or answer for the thing. I can't tell you how many times this happened to me working on my house projects. I am not a carpenter. I'm not a guy who does much projects, but I had to learn. And more often than not, man, God would just give me a flash of inspiration. Don't wire those together. That's what he said. <laughs> That's the wisdom of God. I'll take it. One time I plugged in a lamp and the lamp blew up. I didn't even think about it. I thought, oh, my cousin. And I plugged in my brother-in-law's power drill, and the power drill blew up. Oh. No, I had to call my cousin. He told me what the problem was. He was like, don't do anything! <laughs> didn't know. <laughs> so I'm grateful when God helps me, <laughs> gives me thoughts. I don't have to call my cousin. Yeah. You know how else he talks to you in your spirit, man, is a still, small voice. Still, small voice. And, you know, it's a funny thing about that still small voice. You've got to be sensitive to hear it. And, you know, he'll say the simplest things like, I love you. Right. Mm. You know, if you just felt loved, do you have any idea how many answers that would bring? Mm -hmm. Security, peace, I don't have to chase for something. The love of God, oh, my goodness, it allows you to just mm, stay calm, make good decisions. Now, I've also had the voice of the Lord speak very firmly to me. Like one time I was, you know, complaining about something that I wanted to do, and, and he, I just heard it. He said, you're not called there, and it hit me hard, like, whew. And, and that, that's the voice of the Lord. He's talking to you on the inside. You know what that's called? That's called your conscience. That's how the Holy Spirit speaks to you, through a conscience. A conscience is what tells you right from wrong. And so you know, I'm not going to do that, all right? A conscience and a conscience is the reason why I can't get too grinchy at Christmas around Elizabeth who loves Christmas. Amen. Because it, it's not right to be hard too hard. Is that right? Yeah. You know what happened on Christmas morning, 5 a.m.? The children were sleeping, but she was awake. <laughs> singing. And, and, and I'm trying to get an extra hour and a half of sleep before the yahoos get up. Before it gets crazy. Elizabeth's singing, showering, ready to go an hour and a half early. That's hard to be in a good mood for me. <laughs> But my conscience told me that I should just roll with it. Let her go. That's a conscience, right and wrong. That's, how, that, that's just called wisdom, by the way. That would be how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Yeah. You know what Jesus said in John 16? He said that the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. He, he gives you an anticipation. And listen, he might do that supernaturally, maybe with a dream or a vision or you, you, you know. I tell you what, Pastor David and I would not be doing the ministry if we hadn't felt as young men that he had very clearly given us ideas on what to do ahead. Yeah. Now, this happened to Pastor Daniel recently. He was in a ministry situation. He said, I feel like I need to back out of it. And he said, if I do that, X, Y, and Z is going to happen. I think this will lead to this, and this will lead to this. It's like he showed. And so he prayed about it. He felt like this is what I got to do. And everything he thought, it worked out just that way. That's the wisdom of God at work. It, it's if you do something, there's a repercussion. And the Lord had put that in his heart. I, I'm just trying to tell you, in the next year, you're going to see things 
that you need wisdom for to know what to do. God will give you the anticipation. He'll give you the wit to know how to handle it. He'll be, so you can stop problems before they come, stop them in their tracks. That's what God does. He gives you wisdom. What I love about the wisdom of God here, he shows it to you in your spirit. And verse 12 says that you can learn about the freely given. Think about that. Freely. Someone say freely. Here's what I can learn about the wisdom of God. It's a free gift. And it reminds me of what the book of James says. James chapter 1 and verse 5. To him, it, it says that wisdom is given liberally. If you lack wisdom, anyone lack wisdom? Let him ask of God who gives to how many people? Anyone who asks him liberally and without reproach. It means he doesn't show favoritism to people. And it will be given to you. See, God's wisdom is readily available for you and it's freely given to you. And I'm always amused because people think, well, God's not talking. Is it that he's not talking or you're not listening? Because you're watching Facebook all the time in the news. I mean, people do get very distracted. And his wisdom is, is readily available. The wisdom of God is available to the children of God. Man, my kids are like that. They're always asking me, you know, what to do in situations. My son admitted to me that he learns the most from dad. I'll take that one. <laughs> he said, I learn everything from dad. I said, well, praise God. <laughs> That's how we should be with God the Father. If you need something, his answers are there. What do you got to do for it? Ask him. That's the seeking part. You don't complain and get mad because your wife is singing on Christmas morning too early. <laughs> you should ask God, God, how are we going to get through this? And he might just say, roll over and go back to bed. He might say that. <laughs> All it takes is you asking the Lord for wisdom. And, I'm and he will give it to you in a myriad of ways. Sometimes it's through people you don't even like. He'll speak. You know, they might say something and it's actually wise and you listen. I mean, he's got unending ways he can get wisdom across to you. It's just a free, it's a free thing. You just ask for it. But a lot of times people, they're not, they're not seeking it. They're not asking for it. Now, I, I could pray for wisdom for you, but I got the next several weeks where I'm going to be teaching about the wisdom of God. Maybe what you realize this morning is that you lack maturity. Maybe there's some maturity issues in you that got to grow. You want to have a better year than 2022? Grow up a little bit. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I had a friend I was working with at church, and he was younger than me. He said, um, why is this problem happening? And I said, it, it's because you're not mature. And he looked at me and he said, no, you're right. I'm really not mature. <laughs> I'm, that, that could be an answer. Like, it, it, the wisdom of God is for mature people. And if you want wisdom, it means you're growing in maturity. You say no to yourself. You know how to walk in God's plan. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him first. Or, you know, maybe it's just, it's, it's, you, you got to admit. Here's why people don't have wisdom. They won't admit that they're overthinking it because they think they're the most spiritual people in the room. I hate to break it to you, man. I meet a lot of spirit-filled people who think that they really have the corner on God. And, and, and he, he's too big to have the corner on, just in case you didn't. And everyone's got all the answers. And I'll come across people who, they really just think that, you know, like, they got everything figured out. It might be humbling yourself. It might be just you, you know, spending time with him, seeking out the mysteries of God, simple truths that set you free. And, 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 and you need that in your life. I, I, I want to walk with him. I want to grow with him. And, and, and I want to just spend time in his presence. And, and I don't have to have the answer for everything. I just need to listen to him. And he'll give me the answers. 
you know, a lot of times those answers are simple. Like love your neighbor, forgive them, move forward. Simple things that set you free and set you apart. I'm grateful for the love of the Lord, for his wisdom. I'm grateful for him. Probably, you know, the the biggest area of just wisdom is just recognizing his voice. How are you going to recognize his voice if you never spend time with him? And he's right there to talk to you. And I'm telling you, this is the best time of the year to get right with the Lord. To just say, I'm setting myself up to hear from the Lord, to get his wisdom, to know what to do, to know what to do in this situation. Because you're going to need it. I feel like 2023 is going to have its own problems. Jesus said, don't worry about the things of tomorrow. He said, today is sufficient for its own troubles. That means there's always troubles in your life. And so you got to have wisdom to know how to navigate it, how to turn this way, how to go that way, how to walk with him. Now, Jay Bonner back there, I had a hard time figuring out it was you because that was a baseball hat. That is Jay back there, right? Yeah, I saw you sitting back there, and I was sitting here singing, and I just felt like this is a year that the Lord's going to give you wisdom. You have been asking God for wisdom, and God will give you wisdom. You're going to know what to do. Some of the problems that you thought you saw in the past, God, God's going to give you answers. There's that verse in Exodus, the Egyptians that you see today, you'll see no more forever. Mm. I feel like God's going to give you wisdom to get through this season wisdom in your life. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for people in this house that want to hear from you. I pray ears to hear, eyes to see. God, we want to know what you have prepared for us. I feel like, man, God has got a plan for your life. Do you know that? He, I, I feel the burden of the Lord. He's got a plan. Lord, I pray that plan into existence. People walk in it. They grow in it. I pray, Lord, they could see it, reach out, attain it. It's not difficult. It's not too far out. It, it, oh, Lord, I thank you because you, you love us. We're going to hear from you this year because you love us. You're going to show us what to do because you love us. Lord, I thank you. It's not, so, it's not so far out and so hidden that we can't know what to do with it. But we love you. We receive your wisdom. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. You know, it takes wisdom to receive Jesus Christ. There's a great verse in Psalm 51, which says, that, or 53, that the fool says no to God in his heart. That's what foolish people do. They don't, they don't take it. Billions of people are offered the invitation. Not everyone takes it. Wise people take it like wise virgins. And it really that's where wisdom begins, with the fear of the Lord. It's with you saying yes to God. That, that is the basic level of wisdom. And the first place you say that is just say, yes, I need Jesus as the Savior of my soul because his blood has the answers that I need. And if I could get every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to pray. Maybe you feel like you're one of the foolish virgins. You're not ready. You're you're screwing around, playing games, not right with the Lord. And if you want to have his wisdom in your heart, I just want to have you put up a hand. I want to pray with you. Anyone here not right with the Lord? A hand up. Oh, Lord. All right, let's pray. Say, Father, I receive your wisdom in my life, in the person of Jesus. Make me new. Renew me. A new me for a new year. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen and amen. Amen. Will you stand up with us this morning? It's great to have you out in the house of the Lord. And we want to pray with you. We value you. If you need prayer, the elders are open. If, if you're going through something and you need God's wisdom, and he'll give it to you freely. I, I'll, I'll pray with you here at the altars. Uh, great to have you out, man. We want to invite someone out uh, you know, church next Sunday. And this week we've got a lot of stuff going on. 
uh, I'm going to be kicking off that Vindicated Men's. I'll give a plug for the Vindicated Men's group, man. I'm, I, I cooked breakfast last time. Some of them were fails, but I'll be better. <laughs> we'll, we'll get better. We'll have fun. It'd be good to get out, get connected to a group this year. That's how you grow. You get around people. So we love you. We want to pray with you. And it's great to have you out here with us today. Amen and amen. Bring someone out to church next week, huh? Amen. Amen. Do I see my friend Aniko back there? Is that you? I knew you. Come on up here. <laughs>